Hello, and thank you for coming back to another episode of Keto 911 Podcast. This is your host, Daniel. And I have to say, life has, I'm serious, when life hits you, life hits you. Crazy busy with work life, responsibilities, and then, you know, you have COVID and then the injustices that are going on in the world. Yeah, you guessed it. If you haven't looked at the thumbnail for this episode, yeah, I'm doing one. It's always great to talk about health, eating healthy, living right, you know, doing the right things for your body so that way your body can be as healthy as it can be. But everybody also has the same right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of their own happiness. It's what's written in the Constitution. The recent deaths that have been happening to African Americans in this country have never sat right with me. Never sat right with me. You know, well give you a brief history for those who don't know who are listening. I am a black man. I live in the state of Texas, or as Texas say it, the country of Texas. Racism is not nothing, is not anything new to me. It's nothing new. I've experienced it multiple times in my life in different states that I have been fortunate to live in. Every black person, every black person I know, has had an experience with racism. The black experience, as it is called, is different for everybody. But we all share the same common experience when it comes to racism. Injustice. To one is an injustice to all. I have plenty of friends who understand the Black Lives Matter movement, just as I do. And I have plenty of friends who like to say the All Lives Matter counter to Black Lives Matter. So I'm going to say a couple of things myself. But first, I want to thank everybody who's always been there to support me throughout this whole podcast experience. I know that me speaking in this manner and speaking on this subject may lose some of my fans. And if I do lose you, thank you for your time that you have been spending with me. Sorry that you felt that it was your need to go based off of me speaking my conscience and my truth. And I wish you the best in your health journeys. And if I see you, I see you. If I don't, It's not meant to be, but I'm going to speak on it. I've experienced racism myself. The injustices that are going on in this country of people being murdered. Murdered by law enforcement and vigilantes without accountability being held against them is daunting. It's disheartening. It's terrifying. I remember watching Eric Garner B. 
being murdered on TV. I remember watching that. The outrage. They're going to do something, right? They're going to do something. I kept on asking. They're going to do something. Everybody can see this. Everybody can see that this man was murdered. It was on national television. But people gave them the benefit of the doubt. They villainized the deceased as if he deserved what came to him. That's one thing that I can't stand. Is that the deceased are villainized, villainized by the media as if they deserved to die. They always try to find something. Philando Castile, you know, well, he, they tried to find something so bad on him about him when he went to school and they couldn't find anything on him. Botham John, Botham John, he had weed in his apartment. That didn't mean he deserved to die. The woman was clearly on the wrong floor. I'm sorry, I live in apartments for majority, majority uh, well, mostly, yeah, majority of my adult life. And there's never been a situation where I forgot where my place was, regardless on how tired I've ever been. Never have I ever went to the wrong door and tried to use my key on it. Trayvon Martin, killed by a vigilante who followed him, called 911. They told him not to engage, but he decided he wanted to engage anyway. Tamir Rice, young boy, playing with a toy gun. Police pulled up on him and within seconds fired upon the child. Child. Brianna Taylor, a fellow first responder, EMT as myself murdered by plainclothes officers with no body cams doing a no-knock warrant to try to find somebody who had been apprehended hours before and who did not live there. Shot 24 times, eight of them hitting her as she slept. Her boyfriend in the other room shooting in response to him, to some people shoot, opening fire in his own place, hitting an officer, and then him being arrested for attempted murder They passed a law in her honor, but none of her murderers have been arrested. Recently, a man was murdered in a Wendy's parking lot drive drive through. Fell asleep, pleaded with the officer, saying, "I believe." Saying, yes, I have been drinking. I don't need to take the test. You you can smell it on me. And I'm telling you, I have been drinking. My sister stays over there. Could I just walk over there? Guess, could I just walk? Now, the fighting, the struggling, I can sympathize with because the man was scared. Everybody that's, a lot of the people who have been coming in contact with police have been murdered. <laughs> As many times as I've seen that video, and I just wanted to tell the brother to stop fighting. Just get, just get arrested. Just let him put the cuffs on you. Fight it out.
but then he ran. Had a noticeably yellow taser. Fortunately, he pointed at officers, but the cowards decided to shoot him in the back. Not the first time that this has happened. Another man had been shot in South Carolina, I believe, running away, a good 15, 20 feet away, shot in the back, and then the police officer tried to plant evidence to make it seem as if his life was in danger. And come to find out with this, with this young man who was murdered at Wendy's, that they kicked him after he was down and said things racially towards him. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But then they took their time calling their supervisor so they could get their stories right. Now, I'm against police brutality, just like everybody is. Are there good police? Yes, there are good officers. There are. I don't know many of them, but there are. And unfortunately, when you see the same thing happen over and over and over again, it kind of paints a broad brush because those who work silent are complicit. You work with these same people. You work with them. You know their history. You know the complaints against them. You say nothing. I'm in fraternities. If my brother is doing something wrong, in some situations, depending on the severity of it, I'll cut for him. Amen. That's my brother, A. Just let him make it. I'll cut for my brothers. My brothers, my fraternal brothers, my Masonic brothers can speak on that, can, can speak true to that because they know it. I will cut for you. If you're wrong, and if you're right, but if you're wrong, I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. They know that, and they'll cut and they'll ver- verify and validate that as well. But it seems a situation. It seems that it's become a plague, worse than a coronavirus. That everybody is denying that, just like the coronavirus, that it's denying. They're denying that it's there, but it doesn't affect them unless it happens to them. And majority of the people that it happens to, they die from it. Sad comparison, but it's true. I work in EMS, so I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable with you right now, so please bear with me. I work in EMS. Every job that I've had in my life, I've had to encounter the stereotypes. As you can hear me speaking, I speak very eloquently. I have very, very good vocabulary. Sometimes I go over the board, overboard and I get a little bit TI-ish and start using big words unnecessarily. But I've been to interviews multiple times in my life to where the second that they call for Daniel and I say, yes, here I am, I get the weird look. Like, and I've had it said before, you're Daniel? Yes. I'm Daniel. I'm sorry. And I've usually got to the point where I say, I'm sorry. I guess the voice doesn't match the face. You weren't expecting a black man to show up to this interview. No worry. I have, I'm always told that I have to work harder. 
I faced discrimination at work. People trying to set me up for failure, trying to set me up for write-ups, and me having all my ducks in a row, because you have to have your ducks in a row, prove them wrong. But yet they still hold on to the angst. And EMS, I've experienced it with patients. I've been called out of my name, racial slurs by patients, to my face. But I still render the exact care for them that I would my own family because I'm in this for taking care of my patients, giving them the best care that possibly that they can, that they can receive. Some of the patients that I've helped wondered why they wouldn't talk to me but talk to my partner until I looked at the tattoos and I see an A and a B with either a confederate flag or some other jailhouse tattoo or German SS symbol that shows that the A and B is the Aryan Brotherhood. So I was taking care of people who were white supremacists or belong to white extremist groups. And then on the other arm that they had a tattoo of was the fireman's emblem. So this was a first responder too, but also a member of a white supremacist group. So you think that they're just in the police? No, they're everywhere. I have to watch how my patient interactions are because they see my skin before they see the uniform. They may see the ambulance, but they see my skin before they see the uniform. So not only do I have to show them that I'm there to render care, but I also have to show them that I'm not threatening. Crack extra jokes. Be extra funny. Ease the tension so that way, one, they can understand that I'm there for patient care. But my wife, when I leave in the morning for work, she tells me, please be careful be safe out there. And it's not just because of COVID. It's not because of COVID-19. COVID-19 is still there, people. It hasn't left just because murder bees and Joe Exotic are not there in the news anymore. COVID's still there. But not only is she saying that because of COVID, but she's saying also for me to be careful and to be safe out there. Because I still have to make it to work safely. I still have to, I'm still afraid of being pulled over by the police. And I have been afraid to be pulled over by the police ever since all this stuff is happening. And wonder if I'm going to make it home. Case in point, make, make it, made it to work a couple times. And I've had a police officer in front of my own workstation see me turn around, park, and watch me walk into my job. Now, oh, well, he's probably surveying the area. Not if he's focused on me the entire time, and then once I'm in, he drives away. And then that same officer has seen me walk out of my building after I take a shower at work, change it to some normal shorts and a t-shirt, and I walk out with my clothes in a bag. Same officer. If not the same officer, another officer in the car watches me walk out of the building, around the building into the parking lot, stops and watches me. So I realized that 
I didn't want to be labeled into the you fit the description area. So I started wearing EMS t-shirts that say EMS on the front and back or EMT on the back. So that way, one, they understand who I am. But recently it wasn't enough. Uh, our local police department stopped, asked a co-worker of mine if they had saw a man running through this area. She said no. He sped off. I go in, take a shower, come back in my shirt, EMT shirt, in the employee parking. The man found, and then another vehicle, this was the fire marshal's truck, came around. They saw me, pulled into my park, pulled into the employee parking right behind me, saying, hey, have you seen anybody run through here? It wasn't fire marshals in there, it was two police officers. And I said, no, I haven't seen anybody run through here. There was an officer that came about 25 minutes ago asked us the same question. Oh, well, okay. Well, he's wearing a white wife beater, and he ran through here. Okay. What do you want me to do about it? Well, he's kind of noticeable because he has handcuffs still on him. And instinctively, I laughed. Hard. Because the man got away, still in handcuffs, running away. They didn't seem too amused that I laughed. It's not my fault y'all lost them. But I said, okay, here's what it is. Nope, I haven't seen him. Well, if you see him, let us know. I'm sorry, I'm not here looking for him. I don't know why you tell me if I saw him, I let you know. It's not like I have a number for you. They just kind of looked at me as if I was would tip the guy off or... So I was suspicious myself, and then they pulled away, but pulled away slowly because I just stood there in the parking lot with the hood up because I was putting coolant in my car because I radiated. Shouldn't have to feel like the people who are supposed to protect me are against me. And it's hard in my position because I work with law enforcement on situations and it seems like I've had people, providers, doctors, facility representatives go out of their way to ask me specifically about how I felt about George Floyd's murder. As if it was a loyalty test, as if if I spoke against the police, then I'm anti-police. And if I spoke against George Floyd, then I verified their I, I verified their beliefs and I believed them. Got to a point with all of this craziness and this madness that I just shut people out. I started deleting lots of people. And I'll even go in far as far as saying this. I'm part of the Democratic Party here and one thing I've noticed when all this stuff started to happen is that everybody got on the Black Lives Matter. We support Black Lives Matter movement. We support it, we support it, we support it. Changing the black backgrounds to black, putting out statements. The statements are great. My own fraternity did it. My excuse me, my own college fraternity did it. Now, do I believe them? No, because their actions don't back up their words. Just like with any other group that says or puts out a solidarity statement. You can say all you want to, but your actions got to match 
your words. You can change Angie Mama. You can change Uncle Ben. You can change Mrs. Butterworth all you damn want to. But if your actions don't back it up, your words fall on deaf ears. Now, a part of my particular group, they wanted to, political group, they wanted to make a Black Lives Matter statement. And the biggest issue that I had with that is that they didn't treat the black people in the group with respect. They talk nasty to people, black people specifically. They talk nasty to them. They talk bad about them. They try to do all these things to trip them up and to discourage them to hell, even get them locked up. But yet they want to put out a Black Lives Matter statement. Your actions don't match your words. And these are Democrats. Well, supposed Democrats. They can hate me. I don't care. I'm not going to be silent anymore. The world is changing. It needs to. That 50, 60, 70 year old mentality about what you think black people are like is not that. Your children, if anybody who was born in the late 80s, 90s, and 2000s, you've had a black teacher somewhere. You've had interactions with black people. And a lot of these younger people, this younger generation, which I got to tip my hat off, so proud of, including my own niece. I'm going to make sure I tag her when I post this this, uh, episode. They're taking the charge. They're showing it. These are young white kids, young Asian kids, young kids from all demographics, sexual backgrounds, orientations, religious backgrounds, you name it. They're standing up and they're fighting because they know they love their friends and they don't want to see them hurt. They don't want their friends to be the next next hashtag. There was another girl murdered in her car with her grandmother in the passenger seat. I just heard about this. It's happening more. Two men in California hung. I think another one found in Georgia. I worry that if somebody in law enforcement or what have you, I'm sorry, I forgot one important one, Ahmad, running, jogging, two vigilante people murdered him. And I wonder as how the media and everybody tried to find something out to try to discredit them if they wouldn't do it to a good friend of mine who would, who would, act, who would be murdered. Or hell, if they would do it to me. Mr. Cooper in New York had the same situation. Somebody called the cops on him and you heard. She says, I'm going to tell them that a black man is is threatening me. Excuse me. I'm going to tell them that a black man is threatening me. Because she knew the power of her privilege. That she what she could do and say to the police. To make them target that man and just unjustly. People who do that kind of thing are worth less than trash. 
calling the police on somebody. So that way you can use your privilege to destroy somebody's life. Because you're mad because you can't get your way. You were trash. You were less than trash. You're a waste of air. Because you're affecting somebody's life because you don't, because you're not getting the power you, you're not getting the power over that person that you want. That is weak and that is pathetic. That man's life could have been instantly changed. He could have been hurt. He could have been murdered. He could have been broken. You don't know what could have happened to him. And the biggest thing that I fear is that happens to me. And somebody were to try to change the narrative of who they think that I am when they don't know me to try to justify my murder, my death. Oh, he's had these horrible issues. He's been depressed. Now the, yeah, they'll try to say everything in the world. They don't know me. Outside of my friends who truly know me, they support me. They know. But they will say anything else to try to change the narrative. And what scares me even more here, more, what if it was me? What if it was my wife? What if it was my father, my mother, mother-in-law, brother-in-law, sisters? But what scares me to my soul What if it was my children? I couldn't bear having to bury my child. I couldn't imagine what these mothers are having to go through. But I couldn't bear the image, the thought of having to bury my child or my wife or my father or my sister behind this mess. I'll say a couple of analogies because I'm going to piss people off. The people who say all lives matter, I have a question for you. If you say all lives matter, then why aren't you mad? Why aren't you mad? Instead of retorting and saying, well, all lives matter, well, why aren't you standing with us then? If all lives matter, you'd be mad because they're taking care of they're hurting people who are part of that spectrum. The black lives are the ones that are being murdered unjustly. But white people are murdered by the police too, yeah. So why aren't you mad? Why aren't you standing up with the stand? You're worried about it because it says black. And it doesn't. And you're not that. You don't live the life of fear. You don't live the life of worry. You don't have to worry about being stereotyped, being discriminated against. Now, if I were to say something to really mess you up and really, really make you mad, 9-11 happened. Comedian said this. 9-11 happened. The Twin Towers were knocked down. Thousands of lives were lost. We always remember that. 
Remember 9-11. Remember the Twin Towers. Now, it would be insensitive and just rude of me to some people to say, well, all buildings matter. But they weren't knocked down. I know, I know. But all the buildings matter too, not just the Twin Towers. Two analogies. House is on fire. Fire department arrives. Hooks up the hoses. Starts to put water on the house that's on fire. Somebody comes out and says, well, what about all of our houses? Our houses matter too. He says, yeah, they do. But yours is not the one that's on fire. Another analogy when it comes to the Bible. Hundred sheep in the field. One sheep wandered astray. Man went out to go fetch the one sheep. They said, what about all these other sheep, though? All the, the 99 sheep, what about them? Those sheep are fine, but this one is in danger. And I'm going to leave you with this. Protests are the voices of the unheard. People like to reference Dr. King. They like to reference him all day long. Dr. King wouldn't want to talk. You can't speak for a dead man. You can't. I don't know why the media and other people try to speak for dead people. They're not there to defend themselves. Funny thing about Dr. King, though, he did do peace protests. He did do them. He did a lot of them, actually. But you know what? He was met with the same aggression from the people who discriminated against black people. Those people had dogs saddle, sit, um, attacked on them. Water hoses shot, the, shot at them at full, full, full pressure. Beaten by police officers and bystanders. He was assassinated by white supremacists, by a racist. But y'all love to say Dr. King when he, was, when he organized peaceful protests and was a part of the boots on the ground, as you say. Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Businesses, hospitals, schools, banks, all thriving in the black community, attacked by the white society that thought that they shouldn't have it. Place was bombed. People were murdered in the streets. Nobody wants to talk about that history because that shows you who and what the country actually is. So many more instances so many more situations. Lynchings. Hundreds of people being lynched. And after all of that, we just ask for civil rights. The rights to be treated equally and fairly as our counterparts. 
But slavery's over. Slavery has been over for a long time. Segregation didn't end until the late 60s. That's when it became illegal to discriminate against black people in the 60s. My father was born in the 60s. My father was there when segregation was done. My father, my mother, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law were there when segregation was done. And he told me there were fights all the time because those white kids did not want black kids there. And they, had to, and they fought the black kids every day. The same things have been saying, Fanny. The same things have been said for decades. The same protests have been made for decades. Because the system hasn't changed. I just hope the world continues to wake up. So that way, my children don't have to suffer through what we're going through now. As an adult, I'll suffer so that way they can enjoy. I'll plant the seeds through adversity so that way my children and their friends can enjoy the shade of the work that we paid for them. Have a black son. Have a black daughter. They mean the world to me. At what age will my son stop being cute to you and become a threat because he's a young black man? Now, if you have to think about that and actually try to find an age, you're the problem. You are. Black Lives Matter. They do. If you have a problem with the words Black Lives Matter, you have a problem with black people mattering to you. Because that means you're a part of the problem. I think there's a scripture. I know I keep rambling, but the thing is, there's a scripture. It says, God says, how can you love me? I'm sorry. Yeah, how can you love me, which you have never seen, but hate your brother who you see every day? These same people who hate black people, <laughs> hate black people, don't like black people, all lives matter people, spit that same hatred, venom. And a lot of them go into church and claim that they love God and Jesus. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. They are yellow, black, and white. They are precious in his sight. But y'all don't think we are, if you ask yourself honestly. I've seen posts of people wanting to shoot up protests. But yet, you'll go to church saying that you love God. How can you love me? And you've never seen me. 
that you hate your fellow man who you see every day. They're just words. Until you put actions behind them of support. I won't believe anything anybody else says until your actions back it up. Democrat, Republican, Independent, Freemason, fraternity brother, colleague, friends. If you've ever called me a friend before, or if you've ever had a friend who's black who's tried to explain this to you, and I've had good friends reach out to me, and I've explained my pain to them, and I've had the same thing. They've cried on the phones. I didn't know you have to deal with all this. I didn't know you, you suffered like this. You still deal with it. I'm so sorry. What can I do to help? And I said, first, acknowledge that there's a problem. Educate yourself. Stand fast on it. And support. Because the second that you stand with us, everybody that's been with you is going to start turning against you. And some of them have experienced that. And I appreciate them for standing fast on that. Everybody else, say it all you want to. Make resolutions all you want to. But until your actions in public match your words, your filth to me. I'm sorry to make this so dark and deep, but Dave Chappelle with 8 minutes and 46 seconds spoke to me and he resonated something within me. And continuing to see more murders happen still puts not more puts more fear into my life, but also puts a resolve for change too. Y'all want things to change. I have the number one solution for you to do if you really want things to change on a national scale. Educate your friends about black history. I love history. Love history. Because those who study history are are not doomed to repeat it. Educate yourself on history. Make sure that you're registered to vote. I'm a dead. Make sure that you're registered to vote. Take yourself out and go vote. If you can sit up here and wait in line for the newest video game to drop, if you can sit up here and wait in line for the newest Jordans or the newest shoes to drop, if you can sit in line, some of stand in line during a pandemic for the weave store, and yeah, I said it, the weave store to open up so that way you can get yourself the, 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 the newest pair of fake hair to put in your scalp. If you can stand there or sit in your car in line for Starbucks to open and get your mocha frappa crappuccino, whatever you drink, you can register yourself to vote. Stand in line. Let your voice be tallied, collected, and heard. And whoever makes it in our office, you don't just rest 
and wait like you did with Obama for him to fix all your problems. You hold them accountable. That requires you to do work. That requires you to research, to read. The work doesn't stop with the elections, people. The work starts with the elections. If your job asked you what you wanted to eat and they gave you two choices, you pick one, right? And if you didn't pick, you couldn't complain about what food you got. Same thing with this. You have the option, the ability to pick who you want. It may not be exactly who you want, but you can pick somebody versus the alternative. But hold it accountable. That's my rant. It's been bothering me for weeks to find the words to say it, but I'm up at 4 o'clock in the morning knowing I got to be at work for another 12-hour shift in about six hours. I had to get it off my chest because I couldn't sleep. So on the plus side of all this, new content coming. I'm going to try to engage you guys at least twice a week. We're going to have my good friend James Scott on the next episode. We're going to go through how do you clean out your fridge? What did you get rid of in your cabinets for keto? We're going to bring this back around. But I have to speak my piece. And show myself being in solidarity for black lives. Because I'm a black man. I love everybody. I love everybody. But I love myself that much more. And I love my family that much more. Thank you all. Again. For your support. For my podcast. If you decide to stay. I still thank you. If you decide to go, please do not be like an airline and announce your departure. Just peacefully fade out in the black. And I wish you well. This is the Keto 911 Podcast. And I am humbly your host, Daniel. Have a good day.